Hello, this is Fight Back, a podcast by the Healthcare Consumer Rights Foundation. I'm Steve Poisner, healthcare consumer advocate, founder, and executive director. Our nonprofit's mission is to help you navigate the complex healthcare system and understand your legal rights, options, and opportunities when you encounter problems and obstacles. We want to empower you with the information you need to fight back and get the best possible care. Our special guests, experts in their field of healthcare and medicine, provide you with an informative, interesting, and life-changing education on a variety of healthcare topics important to you and your loved ones. In our new Fight Back mini-cast series, we take you through the highlights and great educational information from our most popular podcast topics in our very large library. Let's get started. Thanks for tuning in to the Fight Back podcast. This is Jamie Rosales, health advocate and executive director of the Healthcare Consumer Rights Foundation. Remember, you can find all our podcasts on our website at healthcareconsumerrights.org. If you are enjoying the podcast, please consider a gift to help us keep Fight Back available. Your gift can be made at healthcareconsumerrights.org. Enjoy the podcast. You mentioned, you know, wax in the ear. You know, some people have problems with their ears getting dirty like that. Others don't. What is the cause for, you know, the wax buildup? And should you have your ears cleaned on a regular basis? So it's, it's interesting, Steve, that you use the term dirty. Cerumen, wax, that it's not dirt. It's actually a natural secretion. Most of the times it flakes out of the ear as you're talking, as you're moving your jaws, you're chewing. But some people do have a problem with buildup. Do not use Q-tips inside your ear canal. That's a good way to make it worse, not better. Q-tips are great for cleaning the nooks and crannies around the ear and just at the opening of the ear canal, but not down deep inside. Um, you can do, if you know that you have no other problems with your eardrum, you've had a doctor look in there and the eardrum's intact, you can use wax softening drops over the counter and gentle irrigation of the ear with a bulb syringe. There are other gadgets that are available over the counter, but I would not advise using a loop or any plastic rigid instrument that you insert in your ear by yourself because you could do damage to the canal or the eardrum. And in some cases, you can't get it out yourself and you might need help with maybe your primary care physician can try it with irrigation or send you to an ENT physician in order to get your ears clean. And I'll tell you, sometimes it takes 20 minutes under a microscope to clean a good ear impaction. Um, if you stay on top of it, if you know that you have a wax buildup problem and you do home irrigations, home cleaning of the ear, you can probably avoid those deep cleanings. Got it. Worth worth doing though, because it it improves your your hearing by having the wax removed. If you have a total impaction of the ear canal or the wax is on the eardrum because you pushed it downward with some instrumentation, it will improve your hearing to clear your ear out. It actually only takes a tiny opening in the ear canal to get normal hearing. So unless it's a completely impacted or blocked canal, you might not experience much of a change in hearing just by removing the wax there on a regular basis. But it is a good idea to keep the ear clear. Now, sleep apnea is 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 it what's causing the 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 breathing issues? Is it you know do we know? Is it the tongue that gets in the way, or what's causing it? It's a well again. Let's let's specifically talk about obstructive sleep apnea because there are other types of apnea, central apnea that has nothing to do with the anatomy of the throat. But in in the standard view of obstructive sleep apnea is that 
when you are sleeping, getting into a deeper sleep, your, your throat muscles, your tongue muscles relaxing, and the throat basically collapses. Think of it as a paper straw versus a rigid metal straw. The harder you suck on a rigid metal straw, the more volume you draw up through the straw. The harder you suck on a uh, paper straw, especially if you're trying to deal with a, a milkshake, the more likely it is that that straw is going to collapse on itself from negative pressure. And that's how you can envision what's going on in the back of the throat, whether the tongue is falling back, whether the tissues around the throat are collapsing, oftentimes related to excess fat in those tissues, so everything is sort of floppy, the palate being drawn back to the back of the throat. The, again, multiple areas, multiple levels of potential obstruction, and you have to address those individually. Uh, the purpose of some of these stimulating in implants is to then tighten the muscles as you begin to inhale so that the throat doesn't collapse. And, and that's that's the way they work. Um, but again, that, that's a more invasive treatment than something like CPAP, which is simply trying to keep the throat expanded as you inhale and avoid that negative pressure collapse. And, and CPAP you know, is kind of a hassle and everything, but it works. Mm -hmm. It works if it's used properly in most people. But like you said, it is a hassle. It's a device that you have to connect yourself to. You have to wear something on your face. Um, and a lot of people just don't want to do it and they don't like it. Uh, responses I had over the years from patients ranged from, I'm not doing this, to, wow, I didn't know what sleep was. So it's very individualized. But if it's utilized, it works quite effectively in many patients. Unfortunately, I think the statistics are less than a third of patients who can benefit from it continue to use it. So, Ted, before we wrap up here, did we miss any important topic, you know, in your area of specialty that you think uh, you wanted to mention? Well, just that when you're dealing with any kind of referrals and you're going to a, a specialist's office, you should have an idea in your head of why are you there how long have you been having symptoms? Be able to communicate as clearly as possible to the doc why you've been referred or self-referred to a specialist. And also make sure you understand if they're going to do studies, whether it's a hearing test or putting a scope in your nose and down your throat to look at the vocal cords and lower throat, make sure you have the discussion with them about insurance benefits, costs, because these tests do cost money when you're in the office, and unfortunately, medicine is not very transparent. I say to a patient, look, I need to put a scope down your throat. And I, we don't have the discussion that that's going to cost you more or cost your insurance company more. Feel free to ask those questions. What tests do I really need? And what are you trying to find out? What's the risk of my not getting the test? And are you going to refer me for any lab or facility testing? Please make sure it's within my insurance coverage. The last thing you want to do is have a significant medical problem and then avoid treatment or even diagnosis because of out-of-pocket costs. So be aware of that as you go forward. When you're in a specialist's office, you're more likely to be referred for or get additional tests beyond your examination. Make sure you understand what you're getting into and that the physician explains why they want to do something not for themselves, but for you. Very important. Um, and make sure when you are told that you need something, particularly surgery, 
ENT is one of these specialties where there are generalists and there, there are people who really focus on one or another aspect of ear, nose, and throat surgery. Make sure that your problem is being addressed by someone who has expertise in that area of ear, nose, and throat. I want to thank you for listening to today's Fight Back minicast. You can listen to the full podcast on this topic or check out additional podcasts by going to our website at www.healthcareconsumerrights.org. We also welcome your input and stories that we can use on future podcasts. This is Steve Poisner, and this is Fight Back, a podcast by the Healthcare Consumer Rights Foundation. Thanks for listening. I look forward to our next podcast. Talk with you soon. We hope you enjoyed the Fight Back podcast today. This is a free podcast available to provide consumers with quality information to help you fight for the health care you deserve. We are brought to you by listener supporters. Please consider making a $5 gift on our website, healthcareconsumerrights.org, to help keep Fight Back available for all listeners.